Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studios. This is Bump and Stacy on Seattle Sports. Streaming through the Seattle Sports app. Now, here are your hosts, Michael Bumpus and Stacy Ross. Here we go now. Mariners president of baseball operations was on with Brock and Salk this morning. Bump, let's go back and figure out some of what he had to say, how we're making it, uh, how we're feeling about the Mariners after some of this. So um, we'll start with expectations for spring training. What were your expectations for spring training, by the way? Let me ask. My expectations? Yeah. I mean, obviously you have Kelnick looking like a gold glover. Um, I, 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 Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. They're my, what are, <laughs> they're bumps they're expectations. I'm sorry, you guys. I'm sorry. This, I can't help who I am. I just, I, I am a, a desperate in need of attention. <laughs> my expectations were. Yes. To, uh, for Robbie to look good. We saw that his last outing. He introduced uh, the splitter, threw it a couple times, one or two times he said. Sure did. My expectations were for Julio just to continue to grow his star power. Saw him hit a bomb the other day. Watch him trot the bases. Still got the star power. It's growing. <laughs> He's got so much it's growing, swag. You know? Uh, Kelnick to look comfortable at the plate. He's made some changes. You heard Shannon Dreyer said, look, he uh, did something with his back foot. I've noticed he flattened his bat out a little bit. Boom. He's got, what, three bombs so far? All right, not, not worried about the score. Just individual performances. And I also wanted to see a young guy or a guy who is expected to support this roster yeah. do something. And we've seen that with Evan White. Yep. Good point. Well, um, Stacy, what were your expectations? No, you actually, you had a lot of really good well, expectations. Let me speak for Stacy yeah. and say that. <laughs> what were know, my Julio, expectations, Curtis? Yeah. Julio would hit a home run uh-huh, every single day. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, that Jared Kelnick would look like a gold glover and a silver slugger. Um, and I guess that every single uh, pitcher would look like an ace, including guys out of the bullpen. I feel like that's not too much to expect. You know what I that's mean? Not too much to ask. Not too much to ask uh, that they would trade for Aaron Judge. You know what I mean? Just like simple <laughs> things. I had low expectations. No. Um, I think my expectations were just, I, I would love for, um, well, my, I had a hope that everyone would stay healthy. And then I guess expectations were that there would be more offense. And maybe that's unfair. And that's why I wanted to play this as the first cut. Jerry DePoto cautions us about our expectations. This is mostly, you know, the early stages of spring training. We're trying not to evaluate. You're, you're going to get excited by what you see with some guys, but the biggest mistakes that you'll make as an evaluator in our game are typically made in February and in early March. You know, you're going to get too excited by, by something that, that grabs your attention in the early bullpens in the six pack. An Oppo taco on an 0-2 count yesterday. There's, there are reasons to be excited. You know? <laughs> and I, you know, I will say that you try to temper your, your, your excitement while building the the optimism when you see, especially with the young players. Here's what's tricky about working in sports broadcasting. You have to have a take every day. Mm -hmm. And do you know how hard it is to watch these spring training games, listen to these games, go back, hear these play-by-play, you know, uh, cuts of home runs, and not come in and say, Jared's going to figure it out. <laughs> Julio's going to be an MVP. Right? Like, you, you yeah. want to come in and you want to take something from it. It's just this natural part of you. Do you know how hard it is to be a fan and not see Jared with three home runs and Julio and Jared with back-to-back yesterday and uh, and know that, you know, uh, Kirby's going to debut later this week, that Logan's going to debut and, and and not get really excited and come in and think, okay, I want to take I want to take something from it. It's hard. Yeah, it's extremely hard. And I hear him. That was DePoto, correct? Yes. I hear DePoto and I understand what he's talking about because during this time of the year, they're working on things. They're figuring things out. They're tweaking things. As an individual athlete, you're trying to figure out who you are. It's the same way I look at NFL preseason. 
I don't care what the score is, honestly. Right. I want to see if DJ Dallas could be a number two or number three. I want to see who's going to be that third receiver. I want to see what this rookie tackle looks like. Can he win some battles one-on-one? So I get that, and I understand that. The thing about baseball is there aren't – in football, there are plays, right? In baseball, there are situations. And a good situation for Jared Kendrick would be to go yard a few times, you know? And we've seen that. So it allows us to be excited. There's a direct result from his action. With football, there's so many moving pieces. That play – that, that run to the right could be just shut down. But you know what? Charles Cross did his thing. Mm-hmm. You can you can kind of dissect a play more than you can in football than you can with baseball. So I understand them. But what if, DePoto, what if the Mariners came out, Robbie got lit up. Jared Kelnick is, is, is striking, striking out. out. JP is, is Bootsy Collins out there kicking the ball all across the infield. What if... Julio isn't tracking the fly ball. You know what I'm saying? Like, granted, that's not realistic because these guys are professional athletes. But as analysts, because we have to have a take every day, I'm going to take whatever they're giving me, but I will compose myself and simmer down expectations. I'm just happy that we are seeing Julio hit bombs or hit a bomb. Kelnick do his thing. Teo, Evan White has stepped up. Robbie looked good. I'm interested to see how Brash responds. Like, those are the things that I'm looking at. I understand what he's saying, but... um, It's hard not to get excited off of what you're seeing. So why don't we let ourselves, right? Um, Here's another cut from Jerry DePoto, and I'm playing it for this reason. We're not going to be able to come in and have a take every day, just like fans aren't going to be able to, um, that includes us, aren't going to be able to watch this team and, and, and decide on a truth every single day. There is no truth yet. There's just things that are happening. However, what if every day we can find one reason to be pretty excited about the team? And I'm not saying this to uh, take away any criticism or critiquing ever, which of which there will be plenty. What I'm saying is if there ever was a time to be optimistic, it's now when the world, the season is your oyster. And that's what DePoto's taking away from it. This is him on Jared Kelnick. Could not be any more optimistic about the changes that he's made. And then some of this is, is not just the results that he's achieving in the game. It's not just how good he's looked on the fields in, in practice from the moment we got here. It's what we know of his offseason and and the things that he's done to, to focus on what we're seeing, which is, you know, some level of swing change, some level of approach change, some level of, of just adapting to, you know, major league pitching. It's just taking him a little while longer than it takes others. So we're not taking away fact. But we are finding reason for optimism, finding reason to be excited. And, Bump, I do like that approach. Yeah, you have to find a reason to be excited about this ball club. They gave you enough last year to go into this spring and say, all right, my optimism is a bit higher than it was last year because of what we saw out of A, B, C, and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. D. My expectations. Expectations. Having expectations feels good. And that's yeah, it. And this is the first time in a while you've had expectations yeah, yeah, for honestly. this ball club. You know what I'm saying? So, I mean, they got to give us something. They got to they gotta understand. And here's the thing, too, is you always, as a GM and as a head coach and director of operations, you always want to sell low, right? You want to, hey, keep it humble. Yeah, you know, we're good. Yeah. We're working on stuff. So if and when you come out hot, it feels that much greater. Now, if you come in hot like, yeah, we got a squad this year. 
<laughs> y'all just y'all wait. Y'all wait till the season starts and you come Houston out. Houston, who? And you fizzle out a little bit. People are going to start talking. Like, Man, what's going on? And and this is baseball. They understand that. Yeah. Man, this is a marathon. It's going to be a long season. There's going to be times where they have losing streaks. And I think that's the mentality you have to have with baseball. With football, it's like, bro, you come out zero and three, zero and four. You're not making the playoffs. We've talked a lot about uh, how if Kelnick ends up playing well, that could change everything for this team. Jared Apoto points to another name. The other guy who's really shown up and can change the way we see ourselves is Robbie Ray. You know, it's a Robbie's a, a, a year removed from a Cy Young Award. His first two outings in the spring have been awesome, and 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 it's very very 2021 Robbie Ray. I think we're seeing a different version of him there. Now, Bump, you have been on this topic all offseason long. I mean, even back when we were just introducing some of our spring training topics, you were like, I have all eyes on Robbie Ray. Obviously, Luis Castillo is important, but um, you were hoping for like a bounce back season. You were right. like, I have a little more faith in Robbie Ray than, than maybe does the average person immediately following the ALDS. Yeah, because it was just a sour taste. You know, the last image you saw is him grunting in that ball, leaving the field of play, oh. you know, and I'm sure that haunted him his whole offseason. Sure. He talked about it. He brought it up himself in an interview that I listened to. And so for him to get in front of it like that says a lot to me. Granted, man, Robbie Ray's a pro, man. This ain't his first rodeo. He's been around the block. He knows what's up. He understands how this game's work, how this game works and how mentally tough that you have to be. But for fans like me, fans like everyone else out there, we just wanted to see something. Mm-hmm. And what did he do yesterday? What, 5Ks or something like he, that? Yeah, he struck out five. I had it written down. He pitched through three, which was good. But a solid day for him. Didn't yeah. allow a run. Solid day. He could have... He could have given up a home run. I think he did give up a home run. Did he give up a home run? Yesterday? Yeah. No, I think all five runs were from, or he oh. might have, I don't know if he got an earned run, but I think all five runs were from uh, Matt Brash. Yeah, you just want to see some things. And even with Brash, I I embrace the um, the the failure that he had the other day. If you call it a failure because he could have been working on things, not hitting the spot, Shannon says it was windy out there. There's a lot of things that are happening. I embrace it because this is the time where you want to fail. So you know what to fix. You know how to adjust. So you just have to take situations for what they are, right? If a guy go, if guy's not having a, a good day during this time, understand he's working on things. If mm-hmm. guy has a great day um, during the spring, understand that, all right, it's working for him, but we're going to have to see it during the regular season. All right, from what's happening on the field to what's happening off of it, there's another young Mariner star that's going to have a whole new challenge in 2023. That is Julio Rodriguez. Jerry DePoto says he's been shown, Julio, how to accept stardom from two major names. This is our great fortune with guys like Junior and Ichiro especially who experienced this at, at really the, 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 the top level that you can experience it, where they're international superstars. Uh, Julio is trending in that direction. He's, he's very popular among Major League fans right now. He's super popular in our fan base. You know, and he has, he has something different than just the skills on the field that, that he brings to the table. Uh, helping him manage that is, is going to be best seen through people who've been through it before because the rest of us are just trying to keep him, you know, I, I guess, rooted. The others can teach him how to handle the, you know, the, the, the asteroids that come flying in from outer space. There is a world in which Julio Rodriguez is weighed down by the weight of expectations and, quite frankly, fame. However, Bump, there's also a world where Julio learns to embrace that at a younger age than anyone would expect in a way that many other people would struggle to do. Yet I can think of no one who was facing higher expectations heading into the start of the 2022 season than this guy. He met them in such an effortless way. I want to hang on to the hope that he can still be able to do that as tough as fame can be, as challenging and um, 
and sometimes even harmful and toxic as fame can be, I want to believe that that can be something he can continue to embrace very effortlessly. I think you should. You should believe. Some dudes are just built different. Some dudes are built for this. Yeah. You know what I mean? We used to, um, we'd be in the huddle. Third, third and whatever. We're driving. We need this drive to win the game. You can look in the huddle and see who don't want the rock. He don't want the rock. He don't want the rock. Two or three guys on, on an average college football team want the rock. And the want the rock moment for me, I forgot what game it was, but they were down and Julio's up next. He's jogging off the field knowing he's going to get an at-bat. And my dude is smiling like, yeah, give me this. I want this moment right here. He's built different. And then you combine that with him having the mentorship of Ichiro who wanted the rock. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's 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 – it's set up for him to have that success. And there's no doubt in my mind that he's going to have a great season just because he's built like this. For years to come, he's going to have a great season. And if you if you watch the way that he handles the media, you watch the way he is with his teammates, you watch his at-bats, his demeanor in the outfield, it's different than everyone else. You don't have to be a sports, a baseball expert to look at him and feel it and realize this dude's different. He wants to rock. Now he's getting all the support. This team is uplifting him. They paid him. They said, look, bro, you are the future. All right, we're going we're gonna to guide you with Ichiro. It's your team now. You do your thing. So not only does he want the rock, he's got the support, and he has the mentorship. There's no reason why this man shouldn't come out and have a good season. He really just has the right mindset for things. Like, he's one of those people that um, I am uh, an incredibly anxious person. I worry. I have thin skin. I get very upset uh, and and flustered sometimes when I can't figure something out. Like sometimes you, you you know everyone has that feeling of like God. I feel like I'm running on a treadmill and going nowhere, and you st- you start getting weighed down. Like it's it makes me very empathetic towards Kelnick, and it also makes me in awe of Jer or Julio. It doesn't mean Julio is like a better person, but there is some part of me that is always so in awe and impressed by people who are able to let things wash off of them, and I think that that's one of. N- there are many athletes, just like there are many people that can't do it and that have to learn to do it. There are, though, some great athletes that are naturally able to. And it's just the way your brain works. It's like, a, it's how uh, you are. It's beautiful, man. Uh, Gino got it, too. Uh, Suarez? Yeah. Suarez got just it. Just some people, it's like literally like your brain chemistry. <laughs> I truly, <laughs> truly, it sounds like I'm getting really like new agey, but I'm like your brain works differently than a lot of people. And it allows you to think differently, to embrace things differently, to remain excited and optimistic and hopeful and challenge yourself. And and I can think of no better mindset for a young person to have in this sport in particular, where you fail, you fail more often time. than not. I mentioned that that brave situation that yeah. I said that um, Suarez has it too. I was just reminded that it was uh, Julio and Gino that went back to back to walk that thing off. They got it. And That's it's, what I'm saying. And it's, it's, fun to, it's fun to watch when you know what you're looking at. Yes. Too. You know, when you can be in that moment with that person and they come up clutch. Uh, it's fun, man. And that's what makes this team fun because you got a leader who has it. You got Suarez who has it. Kyle has mm-hmm. it. Like there's a, there's a glow about this team. So, Jerry, I know. Simmer down expectations right now. But you know but what? You you did this to us. But look what you did. You did this to look us. Look what you did. All right. <laughs> uh, we're going to take a look around the NFL coming up in 15 minutes. We got Hype Train coming up at 1.30. ESPN's Greg Wyshynski is going to join us at 1 p.m. because, you guys, we are a day removed. We are about 24 hours removed from the NHL's trade deadline. Are the Kraken going to make a move? Should they? And if they don't, what does it tell us? All that coming your way at 1 p.m. right now. Let's get to headline rewrites. Extra, extra, extra. 
headline rewrites. We must make headlines. The real story behind the headlines in today's news with Bob and Stacy. Headline number one, the Rams announced Bobby Wagner will, will be released once the 2023 league year opens on March 15th. He'll be free to sign anywhere after that. What's the real headline? I can think of a place. I can certainly think of a place. Um, I, now, I'm not sure if it was already like this, but, you know, I was on Seahawks Reddit the other day and someone posted that it looked like Bobby had recently changed his Twitter headline. His Twitter headline is the Seattle skyline. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it was before. But if he recently changed it, you have a lot of options for your Twitter header. Like, shoes in the Seattle skyline is a very interesting one. Maybe he just likes the sunset. No. How it? No. He wants to come back to Seattle. I don't think Seattle's going to have. Park is a great view. Uh, you know. I don't think Seattle's going to have the money uh, to be able to do this with all the needs they have uh, to fill. Even though one of the needs is inside linebacker, I also think. You know, there's this really weird back and forth where it's like, okay, when Jordan comes back, is it still Jordan's team? You've mentioned that before. Like, there's that weird kind of like, it should be Jordan's defense, and what do you do now? Yeah, it's all about if he were to come back accepting a role that he wasn't in or hasn't been in in a very long time. And as a future Hall of Famer, you might not want to. Mm-hmm. And you want in, he says he wants to go to somewhere where he can win. You know what I mean? Does he view the Seahawks as a destination where if he adds to this team, he can win right now? Headline rewrites. Headline number two, an NFLPA survey revealed the Arizona Cardinals charge players for dinner and also to use their facilities during the offseason. What's the real headline? Now, is this team charging people to win the NFC West? Because it would explain a a lot. Like, it would explain (laughs) why it's been a while for them. Uh, The Arizona Cardinals are a team that has always... Now, this isn't my take. This is... um, Josh Weinfuss, who covers the team for ESPN, they've won the offseason and then never done it in the season. And by that, I mean every single year, there's plenty of reason to look at the Arizona Cardinals as not a preseason darling, but as a team that you can make the case for them to succeed. And every single year, they let you down. And it's so weird. You've brought in some of the highest uh, priced big name free agents. You've had two of the best edge rushers in football in the last decade in Chandler Jones and J.J. Watt. And you haven't been able to do anything with it. I mean, you've had great wide receivers. You've had great quarterback play. You've had stars there. It's just never worked out for you. You've had a great head coach. You had a head coach that went on to win a Super Bowl with another team. And you just can't do it. There's some things I never paid for with the Seahawks. Parking, food, gloves, cleats um just regular uh, different kind of apparel they'll make sure they get football signed for auctions uh, now I'm, I'm an employee of the seahawks during the season they put my family club level they're nice and comfy like there are standards that other teams operate by and we're learning the more we dig into the arizona cardinals that their standards are extremely low it starts at the top if you are not doing the basic Necessities for your ball players, the guys who are out there risking everything for you. Why should we expect you to win ball games? Yep. Because now the same person making no decisions are hiring people as well. It just doesn't. It, it makes complete sense, and it doesn't at the same time. No, you need to make it make sense. Make it make sense, Curtis. Headline rewrites. Headline number three: The early returns on the pitch clock and shift manning are in. League-wide batting average and total runs scored during spring training are both up over 2022's first week. What's the real headline? If you thought this rule wasn't going to last, I have some bad news for you. 
Now, I don't know that many people who really dislike the rule. The most controversial one was the pitch clock. Some people said, uh, I feel like I don't want games to be sped up that much. I enjoy the pace of games already. Um, other people felt like, you know, it, it, Curtis, I know you were among them. And at Bump, I think you were too. Like, I could use 20 seconds. Like, I wouldn't mind it a little bit more time. That said, it's not changing. The better baseball is, the more the more balls are put into play, the the quicker games are, the more MLB is going to say this was the right call. We're not changing it. Yeah, I agree. What through February 28th, the average is up 272 from 254, 11.9 runs per game up from 10.6. It's all about making the game more attractive. And I've said this before, baseball is the one major sport that has changed the least over the past 25 mm-hmm. to 30 years. So they're just trying to keep up, man. If you want to get this next generation to get involved and to take interest in it, you got to change that a little bit. I understand all the stuff that people are worried about because I am too. I love a good call. I love a good story. I love sitting down at the ballpark with my boys, uh, taking a sip of Coors Light, sharing some fries and talking in between pitches but uh, the game is changing so we just gotta conform because I don't think it's going anywhere either this is wild from earlier today Um, a Yankees someone just texted in a Yankees relief pitcher struck out a hitter in 20 seconds Uh, it's uh, Wandy Peralta who's uh, using obviously utilizing that new pitch clock 20 seconds to strike out a a batter that's crazy (laughs) how quick is he getting the the pitch from the catcher and just letting loose. Uh, I'm watching the app out right now from earlier today. It's pretty immediate. Like it's a 15, 14, 13. He's already in his stance. The second the batter's ready, he he goes. And the the, the batter also isn't taking the uh, eight seconds to get ready. Like it's a pretty quick at bat. Control the tempo. Would you think that there are guys who will take 20 seconds to just adjust their hair? Yeah, for sure. You know, to do like whatever little nervous ticks they have. I think so. Yeah. That's wild. Diego Castillo. Okay, look. He's going to use Diego's going to get it figured out. Brandon, Brent, and I in the sports with the other day watched an inning of work that Diego Castillo had this spring. He was pretty efficient. Got the ball, reared back, fired. I mean. How long would you say? What what was the, what would you say the average time left on the clock was? Probably like five, four or five seconds left. Okay. And he got it off in time. Room to work. Do you guys think there will be more controversy when, like right now, it's not a big deal because it's spring training games. We're all excited. Well, no one yeah, really cares. Automatic balls and strikes start impacting regular that's season what I'm games. Saying. People are going to have a fit that's, about that. That's what I'm saying. I saw someone saying like, oh, I don't mind it, but what if we stopped it after the eighth or something like that? And it's like, no, I mean, if you're going to have it, leave it for the entire game. And I don't mind the rules. But I do wonder what kind of conversations we're going to be having on April 10th when there have been, uh, you know, a week and a half to almost two weeks of games. And we can look back and say, was there a game that ended because of it? And not only that, but like a controversial one. Like you could make the case that the batter was in position or you could make a case the pitch was released in time. Like it really is this kind of like, do you need video review? Yeah. If you have VAR. I'm. I low-key like drama as long as my teams aren't involved in it. Your team will imbol- be involved I'm in sure it. I'm sure they will. The Mariners, at some point this season, will have a pitch clock violation that we're going to make an argument cost them a game. If if that was the situation last year, all the one-run one games that they've won definitely would have been some controversy. So I expect it, but there's growing pains. That's just all part of the deal. Get used to it. If they're not used to this, 
by August, mm-hmm. I'm concerned for every player in the majors. Like, I mean, yeah, on. I will say we had uh, Jesse Rogers join us who looked at the implication of this or implementation of this, excuse me, through the minor leagues. And he said that, you know, the number of pitch clock violations dwindled every single month. So there were some to begin the month. And then the pitch uh, clock violations per game went down every single month as the year progressed as people just get used to it and adjust because they want to compete. So I'm sure that's what we're going to see in the majors here. This hour of Bumpin' Stacey is brought to you by Muckle Shoot Casino. Taking a look around the rest of the NFL next. Bumpin' Stacy, Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studios. On Seattle Sports. Here are your hosts, Michael Bumpus and Stacy Rost. All right, taking a look around the NFL. We're going to start in the NFL before I get to the combine here. Jalen Ramsey, as you know, expected to be dealt by the Rams. NFL Network's Adam Sheehan has a list of his potential landing spots in the Seahawks are not one of them. His number one spot is the Detroit Lions. They need defensive help badly. Bump, would you be okay with sitting out the Ramsey sweepstakes? Yeah, I'll, I'll pass on this one. Great player. We'll love to have him on your team. He's going to cost about $20 million a year, hey. though. He's earned that. He deserves that. But I don't think we need a $20 million a year corner right now. you got a pro bowler on one side. you got Mike Jacks, blue collar over there, smooth criminal. you got Trey Brown, who he drafted a couple years ago. I don't think you need a Jalen Ramsey. Would I want a Jalen Ramsey? Most definitely. But you got to make financial decisions, and he ain't a part of that. Yeah, it's uh, one of those things where it's like I would love to see two elite corners, but uh, maybe not at that price. Not when you have some other holes to fill there. Uh, The franchise tag window is closing Tuesday. March 7th is the deadline for that one. The Ravens have not made a move with Lamar Jackson, but another team has. Not with Lamar, obviously. The Jags franchise tag tight end Evan Ingram. A bit of an easier decision to make for Jacksonville, given the franchise tag cost for tight ends versus quarterbacks, especially if you're looking at the exclusive franchise tag. Yes, it's a little different over there. I always talk about my sleeper in the NFC being the Carolina Panthers. I don't even know if these guys are sleepers anymore, but I'm going with the Jacksonville Jaguars in the AFC. Um, These guys got Calvin Ridley, who's going to be eligible now. Um, You got Ingram over there. You got Trevor Lawrence. You got Etienne. Like, I'm looking at the Jacksonville Jaguars, and I'm saying that's my sleeper in the AFC if you call them a sleeper now because I think they got people's attention. Mm -hmm. Um, Good move. Ingram had a great year. I don't like that your sleepers in the AFC and the NFC are both uh, southeast teams. I I don't know why. it's it it don't like it? Well, no, it just – it's. I don't like it because I don't see it coming. In my mind, just given the era that I grew up in, I am used to – well, the NFC South was fine, but always had like one pretty horrible team. And then the AFC South just being a mess. Yeah. Like mess. an absolute mess. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I'm I'm trying to still adjust and accept the fact that like that's changing. That it's the changing. Panthers could turn it around and be really impressive. That the Jags could continue to be really impressive. I'm just, I'm not ready for a world where the Jags are good. It's coming. I don't know that it is. Trevor Lawrence. Are Doug, you positive? Here we go. Doug Peterson. He's from Washington. I think like Ferndale or Linden or sure. something like that. Ferndale. So you got something to chill for. You got Doug. Okay. Dougie Fresh okay, up that's there. that's fine. That's fine. Uh, all right. It is time for the big guys at the Combine in Indy, a name you might be hearing about today. Pittsburgh defensive tackle, Kalijah Cansey. We know the Seahawks need a defensive tackle, so let's talk about some of these guys. He's a unanimous All-American, but he's undersized, just six feet tall, 281 still. He ran a 478 unofficial mm. 40 time. Uh, this is from, I believe, Yahoo Sports. I need to double-check the source on this while. Uh, the 10-yard split for that time is in the 95th percentile over the last 20 years. He is small, but he is mighty. And by mighty, I mean really, really fast. 
And um, can my man ball is what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, he's small. I know another six-footer who plays interior defensive lineman, and he's okay, Mr. Aaron Donald. So, um, yeah, he runs a 4-7. Like, you imagine a man that size running yeah. you down, 4-7. Although, is Canty expected to go that high? I don't actually know a ton about him. But Aaron Donald went, what, 11 in the, in the first round? So maybe like a late first rounder. I mean, hey, if you're looking to get another defensive tackle in the first round, maybe with your second pick, someone like that is there. What I say, homegrown. We need a couple of them things. Yeah, exactly. Uh, All right. There is a new football record that was set, but how was a record set in the offseason? Because it was with an auction. This from Yahoo Sports. The record for the most expensive football jersey ever sold no longer belongs to Tom Brady. Tom Brady's Tampa Bay Buccaneers jersey sold in 2022 um, for uh, $480,000, right? Pathetic. Well, now there's a new record for that. Joe Montana's jersey that he was wearing for his two Super Bowl wins for the 49ers sold for $1.2 million. He wore the same jersey in both Super Bowls? Yes. It's his lucky jersey. Really? Yeah. You know what that means? He wasn't touched. That uniform was in great condition. You wear it for two Super Bowls? That's wild to me. Someone has 1.8, is that what you said? Someone, uh, 1.2 million. 1.2 so, million to trick off on a, on a jersey. And it's it's uh, anonymous. That's we don't crazy. know who did it. It was just some rich guys, person. Guys, I've got, uh, you know, yeah. got, got some news to share with you. <laughs> uh, I do have the Joe Montana jersey. jersey. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure Brenda supported that decision. Oh, uh, well, it's going to be a surprise for you. Yeah. <laughs> it is really weird, though. It's do you guys like, have a place for me to stay? I do. Yeah, okay. I got so, you. So this is the story behind it. Again, this is the quote is from, yes, this one's from ESPN story on it. Um, so he first wore it during the Niners 38-16 victory over the Dolphins. Uh, and then four years later, um, Hours before the Niners are going to play the Bengals in the Super Bowl, uh, his wife, Jennifer, pulls the jersey from a scrapbook and uh, put it, packed it in his stadium bag with a note that said, maybe you want to wear it again. That's awesome. Did did you hear? I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, I was going to say, that's the jersey he was wearing on the drive, which obviously 92 yards uh, to score a game-winning touchdown to beat the Bengals in that Super Bowl. I heard a story about Joe Montana. It was from Joe Montana. I forgot what I was watching. You know those phones that they talk to, um, you know, the guys upstairs? Yeah, like the, they pick it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> One time during a game, he picked up the phone and see if it called out. So he called his wife during the game. He's like, hey, what's up? She goes, what are you doing? You got a game. He goes, I just wanted to see if this works. So every now and then for the rest of his career, he just called his wife on the sideline. Oh, I love that. I hope, you know what? I wonder if it came with the note. Can you imagine if when you got in an auction, it came with a note from his wife that said, maybe you want to wear this one again? That'd make it even sweeter. Oh, it's kind of sweet. Like, I kind of wish that he wouldn't have, that it wouldn't have sold. But I'm sure the money goes to, like, charity or something. I don't know. Who can say? Uh, all right. We'll do uh, the last story here. Kind of um, wrap this one up. Saints Alvin Kam- Saints running back Alvin Kamara has pled not guilty to battery charges. Uh, a jury trial is set for July 31st. Really, most of this bump is just an update on a story that I introduced um, a couple weeks ago when he was initially facing charges uh, for uh, for battery from an alleged nightclub incident um, back in uh, February of last year. So just the update on that one is that all four men involved in this case, including Alvin Kamara, have pled not guilty to charges of conspiracy to commit battery, which is just a misdemeanor, but also battery resulting in bodily harm, which is a felony. So I have seen the video of that situation. You have? All four are somebody guilty. I'll tell you that. All four. I All haven't four seen did the video. Something. Did TMZ yeah. have it? Look it up. I forgot where I saw it, but yeah. TMZ has everything. They beat that man up. I just constantly assume they're going to have it. Yeah. Hold up. So there is video. There's video. Of them 
and maybe Alvin Kamara, maybe not. Curtis, have you seen this video? I've not. So there is video of somebody or a group of people beating this man up. Right. How do you? How are you going to get away with it? I don't know. I and guess you can prove they it beat wasn't him up you. Badly, like he was asleep. And had to go to the hospital, broke some ribs or something like that. Someone said, LOL, it's on video. Y'all, someone sent me this video. I mean, no, mm-hmm. don't look at video. Videos, that's horrible. Don't do that. I'm just going to look it up during the break. <laughs> just just what I'm going to do. Uh, all right. We still have um, some uh, some crack and talk coming your way at 1 p.m. So uh, 20 minutes from now, ESPN's Greg Wyshynski, one of my favorite voices in hockey, is going to join us. We're going to talk to him about the Kraken as a playoff team. They only won, what, three games? Total three, four games in February. It wasn't looking great. Uh, not the best return after the All-Star break. However, the hope is, fingers crossed, they get Burakovsky back in a couple weeks. Maybe that turns things around. They still look like a playoff team. Can they keep it going? We're going to be asking Greg, too, whether or not he thinks this team should or will make a trade before tomorrow's trade deadline. When I say it's right around the corner... I mean, it's 24 hours away. This team's going to need to figure out what they're doing. Uh, So, again, Greg's going to join us at 1. Some hockey talk with Greg. We're going X's and O's right after that with 4 Down Territory. Hype train coming your way at 1.30. Get your questions in early if you want for what I need to know. 866-979-3776. It's all coming your way next. Bumpin' Stacy, Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studios. On Seattle Sports. Here are your hosts, Michael Bumpus and Stacy Ross. All right, I'm trying to, like, jam a bunch of topics. Uh, I have jam. a list of things I need to quickly go over before we get to Greg Wyshynski because the rest of the show's plotted out, so I want to get to a couple things. Number one, <laughs> I actually want to start with a question that Curtis asked Bump over the break. Curtis, what was the question? What was the maddest you've ever seen a teammate get? Yes. Maddest I've ever seen a teammate get. There are two. One in college. Oh, man, I forgot the dude's name. But he was a big DN from Spo Compton. And <laughs> someone made him mad at practice. The coaches were trying to hold him back. Nobody could touch him. The other one, you guys remember Rocky Bernard? Oh, yeah. Man. Funniest what dude happened? in the world. I don't know what happened. I just know that someone said something <laughs> to him. He was cussing somebody out. Dudes were holding him back. You know, when those big old hippopotamus get together, <laughs> it's a bunch of energy. You feel the energy all around the the uh, the uh, the locker room. And that was the days where all the receivers were together, all the DBs were together. So you just see the hippo corner over there. The hippo corner. And it's going down. So Those rude. massive bodies is being pushed around. And Hippos rock, are fast and they violent. Are, they're the most dangerous land they're animal the in the world. They're the most dangerous. I it's saw a, a video of a hippo chasing can, three lions. Yeah. Yeah. That's very true. When's the maddest you've ever been? You ever get in a fight in a game? In a game? Nah. I'm trying to play. I practice? Yeah. Got into a couple. With any of the hippos? Oh, I, you pick your battles wisely. You don't fight a hippo. You fight somebody in your weight class. Exactly. You ever gotten so mad where you're like hyperventilating? Like, <laughs> yes. When I get really, really mad, I like. That's exactly what it's gonna. That, that's me. That's, no, that's me. I got I got into a, a little scuffle when I was with the Hawks with a DB. We're doing a half speed drill. Do you remember who it is? Yeah, it was uh, Josh Wilson. That's right. I think you did a half speed drill. And he was going full speed. I'm like, bro, it's half speed drill, dog. And he goes again. I go, bro, it's a half-speed drill. Then he locked me up, and then I just got under his chin. And then 
everybody was on everybody and you know why but why go full speed though like why are you trying know, to I, upstage me I, I are you too competitive i was an undrafted free agent yeah and he was paid and, okay you know, so you were like you don't need to do this ego. like let me shine a little um, bit no 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 it's more just this is a half speed oh. drill why are you going full speed right now yeah that's yeah. what people get mad at the pro bowl for that stuff i've seen fights at the pro bowl really well not fights fights you see people like jawing a little tiny bit remember mm-hmm. when jimmy graham did that because he was mad that someone like yeah. tackled him he was like what are you yeah. doing <laughs> The guy's let like, me score, man. Yeah, you're supposed to let me get this touchdown. What are you doing? That's so rude. Um, on Friday, this is another question I had for you guys and a question for listeners. <clears throat> I've, I haven't seen Creed, and I feel like that makes me a bad dude. Sp- I know. It makes me a horrible. A lot of things make me a horrible person. A lot of opinions I have, but one of them <laughs> is that I haven't seen Creed. Crazy. I need Do you to- feel like you're going to be left out because it premieres tomorrow? Correct. That is what I'm talking about right now. Is Creed the best sports movie franchise? It's really good. Because that's that's saying a lot. I don't. Th- it hasn't become part of the like lexicon the way Rocky has. Yeah. Like Creed doesn't exist if Rocky isn't as successful as it is. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, is it better than Rocky though? <sighs> Just be honest. I mean, don't don't be mad about any nah, any people listening. The production that, that, is always going to be better, because especially of the yeah, times. in twenty twenty three for yeah. sure. But Rocky is like the standard, man. It's like... Is that the best sports movie ever? Not for me personally. No. I know you like the program. The program. I'm looking at some movies right now. If I you like take out your Blue own personal Chips. favorite. You've seen Blue Chips? Have you seen Blue Chips, Curtis? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. The documentary. Blue, Blue Chips is fire. I was going to say, I don't know if you guys have heard of a little something I like to call... Moneyball. Moneyball. Yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> no, I actually really like Moneyball. Basketball. 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 Heard a little something I like to call the Big Green. Sandlot. Million Dollar Baby. It's good interesting too. because sports movies had a huge like thing in the eighties and nineties. Like that was a big oh, part of like, the Oh, some of the best movies, yeah. yeah. But nowadays you don't see too many sports movies come out. And especially sports movies that are as big as what Creed has become. But I think it's I don't, I think part of it is the genre isn't as popular, genuinely not as popular, but also I think people are trying to find alternate stories to tell. So you aren't finding as much like, here's a story of an underdog on a football team, right? Like here's a 90s like Rudy movie or, uh, or like, you know, a Jerry Maguire type thing about an agent. You're finding like, I, Tanya. Well, yeah, and a lot of sports movies nowadays are based off of true stories, based off of true events. You hardly ever see original you know, fiction made into sports movies these days, which is what Creed is, which is what, uh, you know, Rocky was. Uh, like most sports movies, most good sports movies these days are usually based off of something that's already happened in real life. Have you guys ever heard of a show, a movie called Slapshot? Yeah. Is Dave Wyman texting you no, right it's, now? No, it's my buddy Tom Sprague, Moonshine <laughs> Barbecue. Y'all, y'all holler at him. Slapshot, Paul Newman in 77. I made Dave Wyman. First of all, I didn't realize Paul Newman was an actor. I thought it was Newman's own from The Dressing. So when he said Paul Newman, I said The Dressing, like the salad dressing. And he was so <laughs> offended. Like he was so bothered. So he told me to go watch Slapshot. I agreed to watch Slapshot if he watched me, uh, Bridesmaids or Mean Girls. I think I think I made him watch Bridesmaids. Did you watch it? He, I watched it, and he watched it, and it was great. We both enjoyed those movies, respectively. Have you seen, I watched uh, Ford vs. Ferrari the other day. No. That is a really good movie. I was pleasantly surprised. You know where I think that sports programming is gone? TV shows. You have Formula One, F1. No, seriously, yeah. F1. You have um, Full Swing, that do golf series that came out. Did you finish that? Yeah. And then you have, 
uh, last coming chance out. You. Last Chance You, so good. And then you have NFL Films that's coming out with the documentary that's going to be focused on Patrick Mahomes, uh, Marcus Mariota, and Kirk Cousins. Mm-hmm. Like, I just think that that's kind of where it's going is people want to feel like they're in on the action. So it's, yeah. you're right, Curtis. There's not many like original stories anymore, but I think that part of it too is like, well, sports are bigger than they've ever been. So now I want to, <laughs> now I want to be in the huddle and I hey, want to see what Patrick Mahomes' life is like. Can I ask you guys, guys, is this is cultural. You ready? Mm-hmm. Cultural. Okay. Have you seen Above the Rim? No. Got it. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> I knew that was going to be a negative. Cultural. Do you remember when we did the quiz and I yeah. did 90s TV and you're show? Doing oh, friends I was like, Frasier and I was like, okay, I'm going to name the name of someone from a TV show. Ross. Rachel, <laughs> you were so mad. <laughs> uh, all right. We've got um, Hype Train. Oh, you guys are going to see it Friday, though, right? Creed 3? I will be in the desert and watching that. But you will be watching it. On a it. bro date, yes. Oh, that's romantic. Curtis, are you going to watch it? Uh, I hope to. Are you mad you weren't invited on the bro date with Bump? Well, I mean, someone's got to hold sure. the four down yeah. around here. Produce. Uh, uh, I'm not going to watch it, but I'm going to watch Creed the first <laughs> Creed one. I'll I catch like up. Creed one better than Creed two. They're Someone both great. said Creed two is better. I'll just let you know. Eh, I'll just have you know. You'll cry harder at one scene in Creed two than you will in anything in Creed one. Oh, There's God. one scene uh, in that. Uh, don't tell me anything. Don't tell me anything. Mess. Do you know what he's talking about? Oh yeah. Uh, okay. Don't say anything. Uh, hockey talk. I was told I was saying honky. Hockey, <laughs> hockey talk. Uh, ESPN's Greg Wyshynski is going to join us. Trade deadline about 24 hours away. Let's figure out if uh, the Kraken need to add. Should they add? Who's available? Uh, we're also going to talk about this team as a playoff team. What pieces are missing? Can they improve? Uh, what are they going to look like if Brokowski gets back? Uh, all that coming up at 1. Going some X's and O's. Four down territory. Fit in a little bit of draft talk in there. Uh, and then we got Hype Train coming your way at 1.30. Don't go anywhere.